This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm the other jackass, Lance Wackerly. How you doing there, Lance? I'm good. This is uh, podcast number 21. Bainty Uno. We're kind of moving right along. For our south of the border friends. So, dude, I uh, realized something earlier this afternoon. At around 3.30, I realized that I'm in love with Sarah Silverman. Oh, yeah? I Yeah. You know, I, I was... What, what convinced you? Well, I was showing that video on YouTube of that song that she did. And it's called, like, I Wish or something like that. Oh, yeah. You can go check it out if you want, people. It's on YouTube. Just do a search for I Wish. And uh, in the video, she's, like, farting and singing this song. And I was showing this to a couple people at work. This is kind of a funny video. She's a funny chick. And I was looking at her, and she's hot. Yeah. She's a really hot girl. And, you know she's married, too, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I was getting to that. But, oh, but in, 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 the, in the video, she's squeezing out that fart at the end. And I swear to God, I popped the chub. <laughs> it, it started out as a chub, and I was like, you know, I'm aroused by Sarah Silverman farting. Did you hear wedding bells in the back of your head? Well, no, you you just mentioned who she's married to. Oh, right. She, she's married to Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, but it's Hollywood. I mean, those people Dude, don't that just stay fucking married. pisses me off. He's like I mean, a big, chubby doofus. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, she's a Jewess. I'm a Jew. I could fill her full of my Jew milk. But instead, she's dating a German. That's what he is? Kimmel? Kimmel, dude. It sounds like Himmler. Doesn't <laughs> it? It's, it's, look how similar that is to Himmler. Does, does this guy should bother her? I mean, I Maybe guess it's he has a fetish. A lot of, yeah, I guess he has a lot of money. Yeah, maybe she has yeah. some kind of weird sick Nazi fetish. He could crush the sick and wrong program with his like pink, his media empire pinky. Well, I don't want to prolong this, but I just want to say that I am madly in love with her. But Sarah Silverman, if you're listening to Sick and Wrong, leave Jimmy Kimmel. You don't want to date some stupid kraut. Stay with your own kind. And then leave your own kind and come over to the Lance Wackerly side of the bench. You'd never satisfy her. <laughs> you never would. As I mentioned before, it's uh, podcast 21 here. And uh, we have a lot to get through, some yeah. great articles, and um, a lot there's of listeners. There's no listener... fucking around today. We gotta there's go no fast. fucking around, seriously. We're, we're on the schedule here. We're fucking we... around talking about not fucking around. Yeah, Sorry. I know. We've been getting a lot of emails, so we have a lot to get through. Um, one thing in particular I wanted to talk about, I discovered the coolest video game I think I've seen in months, <laughs> maybe a couple weeks, since maybe yesterday. I don't know. But I was I was just looking on the internet and I, I, there's a bunch of blogs writing about this game. It's called the Super Columbine Massacre RPG, and it's a video game about the Columbine Massacre, which occurred in Colorado, Littleton, Colorado, in, uh, or, Littleton, Colorado. Wait, was it Columbine or Littleton? Littleton. Okay. The school is called Columbine High School. Oh, all right, sure. So it's a video game about um yeah the 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 massacre where you actually get to be. The the, uh, the two guys, Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris, who actually committed the crime. I love that name, Klebold. Klebold, yeah. It just it doesn't just sound evil. Sounds like something from Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I guess the video game reopens old Columbine wounds. Parents of victims are horrified, and the creator of the game says it's for quote unquote real dialogue. It's an internet-based computer game that puts players in the army boots and black trench coats of Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold, the trench coat mafia, as they kill Columbine High School classmates. I guess it's attracting a lot of attention and uh, sparking controversy. Go check it out at http://www.columbinegame.com. 
It's called the Super Columbine Massacre, and you could just download the game right from the website. It mixes cartoonish scenes with uh, actual photographs of Harrison Klebold, pictures taken from newspapers and uh, television stations, and this is the best part: is excerpts from their uh, their writings, which I, I think were um, very detailed and uh, and succinct. But uh, the game's creator. Uh, agreed to like an online interview. I think he's been interviewed by uh, several different newspapers. He said he wanted to create something profoundly unique and confrontational that would promote a real dialogue on the subject of the shootings. But I guess um, that didn't placate a lot of the Columbine families who think the guy is just a Nazi. They think this dude is just evil. <laughs> I, I mean, if I, any of them, have any, any of the people there have played it? You know, I, I don't know, but I, I'll, I'll, so several of the parents said, um, this guy Brian Rohrbau said, uh, we live in a culture of death. His son was gunned down on a sidewalk right outside the school. So it doesn't surprise me that uh, this stuff has become so commonplace. It disgusts me. You trivialize the actions of two murderers and the lives of the innocent. But um, I guess the creator is defending himself by saying, behind all the pixels is the fact that people really died, including two angry boys who were at times very thoughtful, sensitive, and intelligent young men. <laughs> yeah, I think they're very sensitive to the needs of others. But um, yeah. But how does that? What does that father think about like the fact that it was all over the news for months and months talking about the massacre? Does he have a problem with that too? Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's just think... a different media outlet. Exactly. Like you'd think he'd take issue with the sensationalist reportings. I mean, that, dude, there were like blood-spattered images all over the media forever. Yeah, for a long time. And then there were, like, Bowling for Columbine came out. And yeah. uh, what was that other movie? Elephant. Right. That, that dealt with it. So it's like, you know, this is just one other form of media. People just hate video games. But now, I actually didn't get to play the game because it's a PC-based game. I use Macs. And you have a Mac. And I have a Mac. A faggot. I, I'm one of those Mac homosexuals. Macosexuals. <laughs> but um, Lance was Lance downloaded the game. And I was checking it out. It kind of looked like... The, the characters look like like from a Nintendo game or something like Legend of Zelda. Yeah, it's like it, it's an eight bit ro uh, role playing game like you used to play on Nintendo. You know, the With first RPG. not even the not even the Super Nintendo, just the like old old school Nintendo. Yeah, but did the old school Nintendo like could could you use real photos in it? Because that's oh, yeah. that's what I find impressive about this game is the game uses real photos taken from inside and around the school, and there's scenes like images from the cafeteria, the locker room. There's bloody pictures of Harrison Klebold. It has all the elements that you need in a, in, a, in, a, in a video game, you know? But as I mentioned before, I didn't actually get to play the game. Yeah. So you play the game. Give I'll me just, your review there, I'll Wackerly. just give you some highlights. Uh, the, uh, I don't know if you ever played an RPG before, but there's lots of reading text, especially these old school ones. It's when you fucking walk around. You walk around, you find discourse with all so the little characters. The first little piece of text, uh, Eric Harris's mom is waking him up, and she says, Eric, get up. You're going to be late for bowling class. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but they were both in bowling class together. Is that how they met? Yeah. My and, high school didn't, didn't offer bowling. Yeah, but if you think if my, it, if my high school offered bowling, that'd be one less reason to shoot it up. Yeah, but you think. know, I, but I mean, I, I guess I could kind of see bowling's kind of a violent game. I imagine it kind of drew the two violent souls together, <laughs> crushing those pins with crushing the big those black pins ball. With the big black ball. Yeah, the white pins. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that too much. But there's a bunch of other shit in there that I thought was funny. Actually, you know, this this game was informing me facts about the case that I didn't know about. So they had nicknames. Did you know that? No, the the, uh, the two shooters then? Yeah, they gave each other nicknames. Eric, uh, they both called Eric Reb, like Rebel, Johnny Reb. Uh, and uh, 
Klebold, they both uh, referred to him as vodka or just V. Um, v. Yeah, and there's also a lot of good. So they kind of go through all of their musical taste, but it's like crappy eight bit eight bit MIDI music. Yeah, it so sounded like, like MIDI music when yeah, I was watching. There's it. MIDI versions of uh, Nirvana, a couple Nirvana songs, KMFDM. I don't know if you remember them. Uh, Marilyn Manson. There's even a Radiohead song. Yeah, when in I there. was watching it, they were playing that Sweet Dream song, but like a MIDI version of Marilyn Manson's yeah. version of it uh, Sweet like, Dream. It sounds like shit. And they just loop them, <laughs> so they keep going over and over again. But it's it's classic video game music. Right. Well, it says here that uh, when a player begins the game, you're met with directions and with the following statement, Welcome to Super Columbine Massacre RPG. You play as Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold on that fateful day in the Denver suburb of Littleton. How many people they kill is ultimately up to you. Yeah, see, when that kind of text comes on, that's when I'm just mashing the button to not even... Yeah, <laughs> to but, get past it as fast so as possible. what's the object of the game? Just to go through the high school and just blow people away? Well, here's another... I, I forgot that they tried to plant some propane bombs in there. So, you, first you go plant the bombs and you set the timer and you got to find the bombs first and find the guns. Uh, so... I, before before you actually go in on your or after you set the bombs and then you're on your way back to uh shoot the place up the, the, this is the best speech in the game i thought uh this is eric harris or reb says man has ruled this world as a stumbling demented child king long enough as <laughs> his empire crumbles <laughs> yeah it's probably more like as his empire crumbles my precious black widow shall rise in, as his most fitting successor no wonder you're so angry so i assume that's one of his uh the writings that they used sounds like some angsty teen, preteen well, uh, diary type shit. It says in this article here that there's another quote that was used in the game, also taken from Harris's writings. It says, don't follow your dreams or goals or any of that shit. Follow your fucking animal instincts. If it moves, kill it. If it doesn't, burn it. And then it says, kein Mitleid, which I guess is a German phrase for German no shit. mercy, Yeah, which, which I find kind of funny. You know, I was wondering when, when, you know, they had all these writings showing up in, like, as little quotes in the game, and then there's a picture of their face. Right. Did they ever publish their journals online? Or, like, did they, those guys ever have a blog or something? Did they even no, have no. blogs in 99? They didn't have blogs back then. But I wonder if, how come someone hasn't, like, you know, gotten a hold of their journals and published them online? I don't know. Because I, I would love it. to read that. Yeah. Or you could just play the game and get a, a taste. <laughs> So, so the game's pretty boring till you actually get to go back to the school and whip the guns out and start blowing people away. So I mean, is it is it violent? Do you get to see graphic images of heads blowing off? No, like, it's, what, what it's cartoon. You know, eight bit cartoon violence. But like a little uh, Super Mario action figures. Yeah, but there's some. So here's the people that you. Here's the enemies, quote unquote. I guess yeah. I guess they're your enemies in the game since you're playing as Eric Harris. <laughs> so you you get out. You come up against popular girl, jock type. <laughs> Pretty girl, preppy girl, nerdy girl, goody good girl, sheltered girl. There's a lot of girls. <laughs> Did you know what? I bet you these guys were virgins, and that's why they were so pissed off. I wonder if they were hot for each other. Well, they could have been, and that's why they were pissed off. One of the car- one of the one of the Maybe enemies. They're shooting popular of- girls up. I mean, yeah, but one of the enemies is openly gay man. <laughs> and so you know when you play an RPG and like you kill somebody and they drop some like thing that you take and you use later so the openly gay man after you kill him he drops a hot dog <laughs> he drops a hot dog when you kill I don't know him where he drops the hot dog out of but i thought that was funny you know what i think i think they were virgins and they were upset about it and that's why it was it was a reaction to not being able to get laid i mean how do you deal with it it's it's very difficult to it's so hard to refrain from going to work and not blowing everyone away 
You know, I just masturbate a lot. I, I recommend people go check out this game. It's it's worth it just for the uh, bizarre historical humor factor. Well, it's fascinating. I guess you didn't play it all the way through. But no, it's, dude. It's, it's, yeah, I know. It's, it's looked kind of boring, just kind of, you know, it's just one of those simple base games. But I guess it says at the end, uh, when the, um, at the, the end of the game, after spotting police from the library window, Klebold and Harris take their own lives. And when they die, the screen rolls through a photo montage that includes crime scene photos of the dead shooters and images of students running and crying and consoling one another. Um, the images of Klebold and Harris were taken from childhood to high school. Finally, the game starts back up with the two in hell fighting off demons that look like bad guys from the computer game Doom. Oh, shit, dude. And then Maybe they I find... do have to play it to the end now. Just yeah, to and, see and then that part. in hell, they find Frederick Nietzsche. But um, for, I mean, for no other reason than the simple fact that it's a, you know, kind of an interesting game, you might as well check it out just because of the controversy it's created. Plus, dude, it's free. People, go check out the website, columbinegame.com. Download it. Play it yourself. And when you're there, check out the forum because the forum is hilarious. It's a bunch of different people. Of hate, yeah, hate it's a posts. bunch of people sending some real vitriol. It's great. Yeah. I mean, they're just really pissed off. But we got to move on. As, as I said before, we have a lot to get through today. Um, let me just recap how Sick and Wrong works. Sick and Wrong, the podcast is a competition between uh, me and Mr. Wackerly here. Uh, we scour the, interne- the internet and uh, various uh, media outlets trying to find the most disturbing news item of the week. Uh, we present it to each other and to you, the listening audience. And the person with the most disgusting article, as voted by the listeners, wins a case of beer. I think I might have won last week, although you did get a few votes really? for that 11-year-old girl. Yeah. I'm impressed. Uh, you did like get a couple myself. votes. But, um, so I think you're starting it off this week. Sure. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. All right, well, let's go. Article one here for uh, Podcast 21. Dateline, Spotsylvania, Virginia. The, uh... The headline's a little misleading. It says, Mother catches teacher in bedroom with two boys. This is an em- epidemic Ooh. in the United States of teachers getting it on with their students, right? You know, but that never happened when I was in high school. No. There were a lot of teachers I would have liked to bang. Well, there were a lot of teachers I would have given my left nut to bang. A couple. Dude, you would have banged even some of the 40-year-old ones, the middle-aged ones. I mean, I, I, dude, I was so horny, I would have had sex with a dog. I did need help with my grades. Yeah, yeah extra credit. Yeah. Um, but now they're like these hot, you know, 25-year-old chicks that are bedding down these 15-year-olds. She, this woman's name is Bonnie Sue Davis, and she's... Every th- kid's wet dream. She's 35. And, uh... Is she hot? Uh, the picture's really close up on her face, so you can't really tell if she's, you know, chubby. But she looks all right. Actually, she kind of looks like a porker. Um, but whatever, dude. <clears throat> one, of the first, one of the first lines is, uh... The article, whoever wrote the article said, we want to make very clear that when the mother of one of these boys walked in, there was no sexual activity was witnessed. There was, there were no drinking nor drugs and everyone was fully clothed. So there's nothing happened. Wait a minute. Okay. (laughs) Nevertheless, 35 year old Bonnie Davis was in a darkened bedroom with her, two of her male students ages 14 and 15 on a Friday night in February. Um, I should probably mention at this point that she's a special ed teacher. <laughs> oh, shit. How could you leave out that? The uh, A private investigator has been looking into this case. So wait, hold, hold on one second. Let me get this straight. She was in a dark room with two retards. 
two 14 and 15 year old retards. Hmm. And a private investigator's been looking into this before the mother actually walked into her in the darkened room. Talk about easy them. prey. And uh, she's being uh, the DA in the in this town. Uh, she's being uh, accused of six counts of contrib- contributing to the delinquency of a minor, two counts of sodomy, sodomy, and one well oral sex is sodomy. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. And one charge. I of, forget that. And one charge of having sex with a fourteen-year-old. Her attorney says these charges are false. <laughs> of course. Uh, the parents were the ones who brought in the. Uh, the uh, private investigator, after one of the boys at the school went up to the principal and said, uh, he told the principal that the other boy said he was going with a teacher. Like the they, princi- as if they were going steady or something? Well, the principal just took that to mean, you know, he had like a retard crush on his teacher and so, that's his way well, of expressing it. That, let me, let me you know, just, we're dating. <laughs> let me just backtrack here a bit. Are these like Down syndrome retarded kids or are these just kind of like kids that are slow? Because a kid that's slow, I guess, could still probably you know understand what sex is all about and get aroused. But a Down syndrome kid, do, you know, are these cerebral palsy kids? If he's just slow, does that justify it in your mind or, or getting it on with them? No, but I mean, I could see how a slow kid would be like, "Sweet dude, I just scored." Whereas like a retarded kid would be like, "I don't know how to tie my shoes." I mean, the special education class in my school was full blown retarded people. I don't know about your school. I mean, how was it when you were in the so class? So were you valedictorian? <laughs> <laughs> no, we we had like an assortment. I, I remember there were a few Down syndrome kids, a couple of cerebral palsy kids, and a couple of kids with just like, you know, severe social disorders. It doesn't say uh, specifically the diagnosis of these kids. Man, I wonder if that's some kind of weird fetish. So the parents the parents heard this from the, the principal, you know, said, hey, you got pulled the teacher aside. Hey, this kid says he's going with you. And, and apparently the teacher just said, oh, you know, that's just how retards be. <laughs> they say that about everything. And the principal thought that was fine. The parents, however, hired this private investigator uh, who sort of looked into the case. Uh, and then he finally reported what his findings uh, to the, the uh, Commonwealth attorney, which I guess is like the DA down there. Um and that's where it is now. She's being accused of uh, six counts of contributing to the delinquency of minor, two counts of sodomy, one count of having sex with a 14-year-old. So she gave head to these retarded kids. Well, she's accused of it. God, is this woman married? It doesn't say. Because I would be pissed if I was married to her, and I'm but, like, you're having sex with retarded kids instead of me. Here's the funniest part. Here's how, they, here's how this writer closes out his article. The question is... Should sheriff should the sheriff's office have been notified a full month earlier because the private investigator or the principal found this out a month before the private investigator found out? So I wonder if he was conducting his own investigation. The principal? He Sounds doesn't like say. It. But here's how the here's how the article ends. The question is: Should sheriff's office should the sheriff's office have been notified a full month earlier by the principal at Cortland? And I say to that, no. The question is, why, why, why would a woman have sex with a retard? I, I think that Nay, is the two driving retards. question. <laughs> Nay, two teenage retards. That's the question. I'm going to smack this reporter around a Is that called bit. like a retardatoire? <laughs> There's got to be some. Menage a tard. Does any of the listener know, know French? They can get back to us on that. Yeah, menage a tard. I don't know, dude. That's, that's just pretty disgusting. Uh, you know, I wonder, do you think she's going to do jail time for this? Well, we got to see if she's accused yet, right? So is she still working there? Did they fire her? Is she on suspension or uh, leave? She, she's on suspension, I'm pretty sure, but I didn't read this article that closely. Now, <laughs> I have to I, admit. You know what's kind of funny? It's like, I wonder if the other kids in that special education class were like, God damn it, I didn't get in the ass. Right. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> that teacher's a bitch. 
<laughs> now what is it? Fucking twat. <laughs> uh, what is it? A girl who have uh, sex with everybody and you is a bitch, and a girl who has sex with everybody but you is a whore. Oh, so, okay. teacher's a whore. <laughs> God, I wish that would have happened in my high school. So on the uh, sick and wrong scale, um, I guess that's kind of sick and wrong. It fulfills both criteria. It definitely fulfills both criteria. Yeah, I mean, these kids were, not only were they underage, they're retarded. So, um, Bonnie Sue to... Davis must be a lonely, lonely woman. I don't that's know. That's all I can say. Or she definitely has an active sexual imagination. Yeah. I don't know. What if she was your girlfriend? <laughs> that's what, what if I she was does... saying if she was my wife. Yeah, what if she does have a boyfriend or a husband? Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh, dude, I, in, in that circumstance, I would have to choke a bitch. And I'm I don't sorry, tend to do I'm that sorry. unless the circumstances are severe. I'm sorry, Steve. You're just not retarded enough to satisfy <laughs> me. Yeah, I wonder how mentally disabled her husband is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So on the sick and wrong scale, I'm going to have to give that, I think, an 8.4. I'll give it an 8.6. An 8.6. Yeah. Well, we invite you to uh, vote on this article, Sick and Wrong Podcast. I think this uh, one's going to kill with at the hotmails. audience. .com. I think this one's going to kill with the audience. I think it's going to be a popular one, but wait. We'll see. You haven't heard mine yet. We shall see. So I read this on uh, CNN. A bizarre L.A. insurance fraud case. Two women, age 72... And 75 were just arrested. Old and crafty. Old and crafty. And two homeless men were dead after the pair took life insurance policies out on them. This is completely bizarre. It's like in, in, the, in the realm of insurance fraud, this definitely has to be one of the most outlandish ways to uh, collect on, a, you know, on an insurance claim. So it, it starts out in L.A. For the indigent, for the desperate, for the down-and-out homeless motherfuckers. It might have seemed a peculiar offer, but hardly one to walk away from. Life off the streets in exchange for signing an application for a life insurance policy. I mean, if you think about it, you're sitting in the gutter in your own filth and feces, and these two old Shoot ladies were like, hey, you know, we're going to take care of you. You just got to sign this policy. I guess uh, more than a dozen insurance policies worth over $4 million would follow. Los Angeles On just these two guys? Well, no, there are many guys. Oh. Los Angeles police and prosecutors say each with a different version of the insured's lives, but all benefiting the same septuagenarian woman who paid for the two former transients' apartments. And for a couple of years, until the insurance policies matured, life was good. So these two old ladies found two hapless indigents off the street, took them in, yeah. bathed them, clothed them, fed them, gave, gave them, them apartment. apartments. I mean, you know, it just sounded like they're the, you know, epitome of benevolence here. They're taking care of these two old ladies. It almost sounds like that movie Trading Places. Remember? You know, yeah, it, I remember. It, yeah, I don't know how many people recall that movie. It's, it's a, a seminal Eddie Murphy flick. Um, it's and from Dan the Aykroyd. 80s. Yeah, and Dan Aykroyd. And that hermaphrodite. But in that movie, these two old, like, capitalist pigs find take Eddie Murphy and bring him up from the gutter and set him up in their business and uh, basically replaced Dan Aykroyd's life. Dan Aykroyd's Well, they ruined was, him. They ruined Dan Aykroyd. It's all to prove a bet whether just anybody off the street could do this, play the stock market. Could play the stock market and be successful in their firm. And I think they were betting like for a dollar or something. But something that, like that. You should go rent that movie if you haven't it's seen it. It's pretty good. You're going to see one of, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's tits, too. 
You know she's our maphrodite. I don't yeah, think, but she still has good tits. I don't think you get to see her dick, though. No. But uh, there's a great line in that movie. I don't know if you remember. Who would be putting the cools out my rug? <laughs> Probably the best Eddie Murphy line he's ever said. So um, I guess for the moment, life was good for these two homeless guys. I mean, here they are, not homeless anymore. They're living in an apartment, living the good life. Then, after the insurance policy matured... Four years, we're talking? A couple years, like couple three years. years. Bad things would happen. One of the men... 73-year-old Paul Vados was hit and killed by a car in a Los Angeles alley in 1999. The second man, 50-year-old Kenneth McDavid, was also run down in a hit and run. His body was found in an alley. I guess homeless people are no strangers to alleys. Yeah, but you know what? These women are kind of stupid because there's a lot much easier ways to kill a homeless person. You just deliver like a case of wild turkey to their door and, you know, a carton of cigarettes and maybe you know and some, some cocaine some smack yeah and, and you and, come and, back the next day and they're dead and that, that's what i'm surprised but instead you know they drove over them yeah which well actually that's that's suspect i mean that's that's still um alleged they right. they, they it's not proven whether or not but they they're were behind the beneficiaries the of the they're the uh, beneficiaries of the health life insurance policies right? yeah well what happened both deaths were reported as unsolved hit and runs and authorities fear that others met similar fates I guess um, Helen Golay, 75 years old, and Olga Rutterschmidt, doesn't that just sound evil, 72, um, were both arrested on fraud charges. And uh, people claim this case is kind of freakish. I guess they say the woman befriended the two homeless men, Vados and McDavid, paid for their rent utilities, and then took out 19 life insurance policies on them, forging most of their signatures with rubber stamps. They listed themselves as beneficiaries. So, so you know what's kind of interesting about this? The life insurance policy is what, two years? How long does it take to mature? Maybe three years? I wouldn't know. I'm not sure either. I've never actually taken one out on somebody. But I'm sure the homeless guys were probably completely ignorant. They had no idea. But one thing I was wondering, do you think the old ladies, during the two years that they were feeding them, taking care of them, also had sex with them? How old were the homeless dudes, does it say? One guy was 50, one guy was 73. Well, that's definitely within the realm of possibility. Well, you know, these two homeless guys probably haven't been getting anything. It's probably one of the other... Except from each other for, like, the, you know, a few benefits. years. Yeah, you know, they, they think that, hey, you know, these two old ladies are into us. You know, let's let's get this big bum orgy on here. Although that's probably, you know, we can, if you're a drug dealer, don't get high off your own supply. That's one of the seminal rule rules i don't know i have this disturbing there's probably image. a rule to this scam that you don't have sex with a guy you're gonna murder i just have this disturbing image of these old ladies you know just kind of pulling up their skirts hiking up their skirts pulling down their panties and this like withered some flaccid mo- labia some... rolling out hanging on the ground like a ball of scrotum a couple a couple moths fly out <laughs> i don't know some and these homeless guys just kind of slurping these labia like Oh, all right, it's dude, disgusting. That, I'm all right. vomit. <laughs> it's just disgusting. I guess each insurance application reinvented details of the applicant's lives. Um, and one, the woman said that uh, she was his fiance. Another one said that she was his cousin. And both of them said in another insurance policy. I mean, they took out 19 policies here on these two guys that they were his, his aunts. So um, the life insurance p- policy matured over a couple years. And this is the best part. So. One of the guys, McDavid, 50 years old, he reported $42 in taxable earnings in the year 1999. And so, <laughs> so he earned 42 bucks that year when he died. Which tax bracket is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, why would a homeless guy even report his taxes? Like, who's going to audit that guy? No, actually, you made $52. <laughs> 
Okay, not 42. You're going to have to come down to the IRS. Well, he was listed as having an income of 50000 to 150000 a net worth of $4 million. So these ladies totally cashed in when these two guys died. He's just got a lot of tax-sheltered accounts. Dude, they got $2 million per homeless man. So when, uh, the, when the people died, when the two guys were mysteriously ran down, the two ladies collected like you know $4 million. Um, I don't know. I guess one of the uh, attorneys for American Life Insurance Company says he's seen all kinds of clever and creative ways that people in the past have tried to collect and defraud insurance companies, but this one takes the cake. Wouldn't you, if this was your, if this, if this was your thing that you did, this little scam, wouldn't you move from L.A. to San Francisco? I mean, San Francisco is like the mecca of homeless people, right? Uh, there's no shortage of homeless people here. You can't, you can't swing. There's your a arm. lot of homeless people in L.A. though. Yeah, but they're sort of more hidden. If you're in San Francisco, you can't swing your arms without like hitting three or four. Well, I guess what happened is uh, the yeah, I know that's true. I'm surprised they didn't move up here. Well, so what happened is police connected the two hit-and-run deaths by chance. When detectives were working separately on the cases, they started talking about the peculiarities of an elderly woman, unrelated to the deceased, requesting police reports and attempting to claim the bodies. So these ladies are going into the police department and claiming the bodies. Maybe she's just a cannibal yeah, or I think a these vampire. Ladies, I think these ladies had balls. <laughs> they had big balls. I mean, to do something like this, to yeah. go right... I mean, they're going right in the police station. Underneath the labia or in uh, instead of the labia? I think wrapped in that hanging, <laughs> dripping labia, those flaccid pieces of some, skin. Some giant testicles They're buried up dried. there? They're just dried. They look like, you know, uh, beef jerky just kind of okay, hanging. Dude, stop. <laughs> well, please still do not know who was behind the wheel when the men were killed. But um, they're not ruling out that either one that either one of the women might have been driving. Yeah, it's probably the next homeless guy on the list. <laughs> well, I guess uh, police are now pouring over years of unsolved hit and run cases around the city. I mean, there's there's been so many. They found other policies taken out on other guys that died. They fear that it might be like eight to fifteen people that these ladies might have been um, been uh, defrauding and murdering. I guess the woman were placed harvesting. under surveillance a few weeks ago. Yeah, harvesting. Police say they decided to arrest them after noticing behavior. They say alarmed them. They were meeting with other elderly, frail-looking men and directing them to sign documents. <laughs> so the police were like, you know what? We're going to have to just go move in and arrest these old bags. I don't know, dude. You know, I, I don't think the story is entirely sick. I, I wonder. Mean, I wonder if while they're waiting, you know, in the two-year period, the old ladies have to ever have to come over and like lay down the pimp hand, because you don't want the lay guy down to, the goon hand on these guys. You don't want to. Uh, you don't want your guy to die before the two-year or whatever period it is to come up. So if you go over his apartment and he's engaging in risky behavior, you gotta you gotta smack a bitch. Do you think he? Do you think they had to go over there and actually physically remove the forties uh, of malt liquor from their hands? Just bruise him up a little bit. Let him know what consequences lay in store for that type of behavior. I wonder if it's just like, if you live for another year, you're going to get this fifth of wild turkey. Mm -hmm. Okay? Whiskey. Yeah. We have whiskey for you. So, I don't know. <laughs> on the sick and wrong scale, I'm going to, just for creativity's sake, I mean, originality, I'm going to have to give this probably an 8.5. Uh, okay. I mean, dude, it's, it's... I give it an 8.5, but I think that means both of our stories kind of average out to the same score. That's why I'm going to open it up to the listening audience. It's definitely a listener week. This is a listener week. So send us your vote, sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. You can also vote through the MySpace website, myspace.com slash sickandwrongpodcast. And uh, you can decide who wins the case of beer for Podcast 21. People, if, uh, 
an old lady ever tries to lure you off the streets into her car with a Werther's candy, just say no. <laughs> just don't trust her. Just say no to just the Werther's. Think of those withered, flaccid labia. Just okay. hanging. <laughs> Get off the labia. All right. Well, we need to move on here. Got to wrap up the show. Uh, one thing we've been doing at the end of the show, we've been getting all this listener email, and I want to thank everyone for emailing us. We got an email here from a guy named Dave, who I believe must be English, because he helped us out with some terminology that we were confused about in the last podcast. If you recall, you did an article about an 11-year-old girl who's the youngest girl in Scotland to become pregnant. And you asked me what uh, white trash was called in Scotland. That's that's what I was... I was implying that she was white trash, and I was thinking, does, does Scotland even have white trash? Like, what what's English white trash? What do they call it? And so we, we said, like, I think they're pikies, and I think you said they're chavs. Well, uh, Dave sent in this uh, email here and uh, corrected, verified the terms pikey and chav. So I guess a pikey... P-I-K-I-E? P-I-K-I-E is an inbred Irish gypsy. Uh, They can usually be found on caravan sites boning their cousins. It is advisable not to walk your dog in a pikey-infested area as they may steal it and try and sell it back to you at a price of around five pounds. I don't know if you remember the movie Snatch, but I think Brad Pitt in that movie was a pikey. They also enjoy picking fights with people and will often use weapons. A pikey can be recognized by their crappy clothes or the fact that their dog leads are made out of bale twine. Their language is also not very clear, and it's easy to mishear a pikey. What's bale twine? <laughs> I don't even know what bale twine is. We're going to need him to translate his own email now. Well, there's all this like English terminology that I'm just not familiar with. Now, a chav on the under uh, on the other hand here, a chav is C H A V. A chav is a young lad about 12 years of age, about four feet high, baseball cap at 90 degrees, and an imi- and an in- and he's wearing an imitation Adidas tracksuit with trouser legs tucked into his socks. Very descriptive. I don't think we have um, anything like that over here. Well, actually, you know what they sound to me? They sound to me like uh, white people trying to impersonate black people. All right. Which I think we call Wegros. Yeah. Do we call them Wegros? Sure, here? we can call them that. <laughs> I think we call them Wegros. Well, this lad is strutting around, um, cigarette in one hand, cheap gold jewelry all over the other, outside McDonald's, acting as if he is eight foot tall and built like a rugby player. You know, you know what I've heard about the Chavs? This is one thing I do know. Have you ever heard of the happy slapping uh, epidemic? Isn't that a chav thing? It's a chav thing. They use their camera phone. They'll just stand outside of a department store or something, and somebody will walk out, just unsuspecting. They'll go up and just slap them across the face, record it on their camera phone, and then they just run off. And they email it to their friends. Yeah, and then they put it on the internet. Yeah, I was reading about it. It's like epidemic. It's an epidemic in uh, the UK. And I I read some report about where the uh, reporter was saying, you know, it's probably going to happen in the US. And I was like, that happy slapping would never happen in the US. I. I dare someone. I defy someone to come to Oakland, California, yeah. and go happy slap some guy in East Oakland. Yeah. You know what's going to happen? You're going to get shot. Yeah. People don't have guns in England. Yeah, you're right. That's why that happy slapping would never become an epidemic here in the U.S. Dude, we would blow that motherfucker's face off. Right. And, and not to mention, if I ever got slapped by someone just randomly, I would seriously, I don't even care. I'm not a big guy, but I would try to beat the shit out of the dude. I mean, would you? Yeah, I would try and grab him at least. But the thing is, they run off. 
That's why having a gun is what what's the key point of being in America and not being happy slapped. I don't think he ever would. But uh, Dave, I would like to thank you for uh, clarifying these two terms, pikey and chav. I guess there's one other term too um, that was included in another email here. A uh, packy sounds a, like pikey, but it's different. But P A K I is a derogatory term for a Pakistani. Oh, all right. Yeah. So you you know what's kind of interesting is uh, the way the the various the various um, various kinds of white trash are delineated that there's different terms for all the different kinds of white trash here in the u.s we just pretty much call them mullets heshers pickers a picker's a term gritters gritter dirt where i grew up we call white trash where i grew up we call them millsers because they're all from mills township which is right outside of like the normal town the normal town yeah that's kind of what it sounds like to me but it's just interesting that they they have all these different terms it's very differentiated and classist over there. But they still didn't clarify my question is, what's Scottish white trash? Hmm. So, uh, people, if you know that, send us an email, sickwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Another guy who wrote in, a guy named Daniel, D-A-N-Y-A-L, Dan- Daniel, I think his name is. Daniel. It, it, yeah, but it sounds like an English uh, version of the name Daniel. <laughs> All right. Daniel. Daniel, come here, boy. Nice accent. And Daniel, what oh, are you Daniel, doing? Pop over for a bit. Don't hang out with those hooligans, Daniel. Stay away from the chavs, Daniel. Come over here and have some sweets, Daniel. Well, anyways, uh, Daniel wrote in and uh, he clarified the term pikeys, and uh, he also mentioned that uh, the the term packies as well. And the the other thing that I, I find noteworthy here about Daniel's email, which I find kind of funny because it's the first request of this kind here at Sick and Wrong, mm. is Daniel asked us to um, propose for him to his girlfriend, hmm. which I find kind of interesting. I guess Daniel's girlfriend listens to the show, so um, Daniel wants us to say this. I guess I'll say it right now. Sophie... Daniel loves you and wants you to marry him. So, Sophie, if you're listening, Daniel loves you and wants you to marry him. Are we endorsing this proposal or are we just transmitting this message? Well, you know what? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite certain on this. But what I find fascinating is didn't something like this happen on the Ricky Gervais show? Yeah. I'm a huge fan of that podcast. Huge fan of that podcast. Well, yeah, it's the most popular podcast of all time. I recall someone someone's asking uh, – Carl to propose for them. Is this like some kind of new podcast phenomenon? I guess so. I mean, I have to say, I think it's a bad idea. <laughs> what are you going to do about down the road when you're married and you, you know you have kids and your little girl asks, Daddy, how did you propose to Mommy? Well, I asked her to marry me on a podcast. <laughs> well, you know what I find even... She's going to laugh in your face. Well, what I find even more, um, I guess, uh, derisive is the fact that He's asking us to propose for him. So these two asshole Americans who do a podcast about guys raping babies. He's wives like, murdering their husbands. Yeah, wives mur- and uh, woman fucking retards. He's like, hey, uh, would you guys mind proposing for me to my girlfriend? Like, how romantic is that? Like, you think about all the, 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 the numerous ways that you could propose to your girlfriend. like Engagement you know, ring in the champagne glass. Engagement ring in the champagne glass. You That's know, classy, dude. Will you marry me in sky riding or at the, uh, the, the jumbotron at the baseball yeah. game? Or the soccer game if you're in England. <clears throat> but uh, here he's asking us to propose for him. Like, I, I, how would you take that as a, as a woman? Badly. And what happens if... What happens if we don't post the podcast in time and she meets somebody else? It's not like we're doing this live. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. And, and many, then, there's many speed bumps in this. But plan then I wonder, like, you know, Daniel seems like a fine old chap, but you know, I, I wonder, Good show. Like, I wonder, you know, how worthy of a husband he would be. I mean, he listens to this podcast. Hey, maybe it's on a, a regular ma- basis. Maybe it's a match made in heaven. You know, they both think this is something cool. It, it, it could be. You know, actually. You sh- she sounds Sophie sounds like a pretty cool chick if she listens and enjoys this podcast she must be kind of cool so we so, have a female listener I just picture an English girl Sweet. with no teeth yeah isn't that kind of nice yeah I, I, I don't know well anyways uh, Sophie you might want to think twice about it Daniel mentioned as a fourth thing that um, he thinks we're a bad influence to him he he recounts this story about he got pissed off with an old friend went over to his house and took a shit in the tank of his toilet which in um, our parlance means he upper-decked his buddy here. The upper tank of the toilet. Yeah, in the upper tank, he um, upper-decked him. Well, he sounds like marriage material to me. Yeah, any guy that's willing to do that. I wonder if he did it for his girl. Actually, he says right here that uh, the guy took a beer from his fridge without asking. So uh, that that merited an upper-decking. Okay. You know, I mean, dude. At least he's not impulsive. Lance, you steal one of my beers? I swear to God, I'm taking a shit in the tank of your toilet. I don't know. You know what? I'd marry this guy. <laughs> Why not? Maybe we could do... Sophie, na- just go for it. This guy sounds like marriage material to me. I say go for it. I say the endorsement has been given. I say You have the, our blessing. You you have our blessings. Mazel tov on the, uh, the upcoming marriage. Although I draw the line at doing the actual marriage on the podcast. Yeah. I, I draw the line at that, too. We're not doing that. I so don't the, ask. I draw the line on that, too. On that note, uh, we got to get out of here. I'd like to thank uh, Daniel and uh, David for sending us in emails. People, make sure you uh, email us as much as possible, sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Send us your own sick and wrong stories because we'll talk about them here on the podcast. We like to do that. Um, also, I'd like to thank the Reach Around Foundation for sponsoring this fine, fine program. You know, I don't think they ever actually listen to this program. I hope they haven't taken insurance policies out on us. I'm worried about that. Until next week, take it sleazy. Have a good night. Good night. Hey!